Welcome to the Osmo Early Bird Podcast. It's your old pal Emac coming to you with one T McBee, Terry McBride, as we get ready here for Tuesdays, August 25th, MLB Slate. We've got early, we've got evening, we've got main slate, we've got late evening, and we've got late slate. Terry, how are you doing? Are you ready for another day of wall-to-wall baseball? I am. This has just been so much fun, man. I'm a baseball fan i'm a baseball maniac so i just love spending my whole day you know digging into these slates writing things up for this site getting into doing some of these shows and everything and doing my research so yeah this is a blast for me i love it yeah it's it's definitely been exciting i've really missed it i haven't watched nearly as much of the sports as i thought because we're we're so busy setting lineups and, and as you mentioned doing content that's and then i've got a day job so that kind of uh and trying to stay married and all that other stuff, he kind of eliminate some of the games. So my wife was traveling this weekend, so I got to watch a little bit more than I normally do. But I usually for baseball, I've kicked back and and I'm watching. But now we've got these compelling basketball games, and it's just it's everywhere. It's crazy, and we're three weeks out from NFL. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what we're gonna do when we pile that on top of all of this stuff going on. Uh, you know fantasy football coming back season long best balls everything so i'm relying on our rankings i can't stop talking about that man but uh yeah when we pile fantasy football on top of here with all the playoff hockey still going playoff basketball just everything rolling it's gonna be nuts it's gonna be fun but it's gonna be nuts and that's that's one of the good ones so let's let's hit that so those of you that haven't been been traveling to osmo dot com very much we now have a bunch of different tabs so side action that was our little project that we kind of did outside of uh during the the shutdown and it's to help draw in new eyeballs that probably aren't coming from dfs or from uh betting speaking of betting we have the osmo odds site which breaks down uh betting content videos uh etc for those states that are now available to wager in Uh, i think there are let's see uh new jersey west virginia pennsylvania colorado uh indiana iowa and i think i'm missing one but those are those are where you can actually place wagers states like mine virginia uh tennessee there it's our everything's approved they just can't do it or let me phrase it they just haven't set up the infrastructures yet so it's coming and then we have a, a really cool thing in conjunction with that but it's its own site it's called odds shopper so what you can do is you can go check out all an easy way to go click on any of the odds for various sports. So like if I click on right now, um, there's an NFL odds tab. So I can click on that and then it'll pull up all the different lines for uh, everything. Player props, uh, you can get games, future totals, etc. And then it tells you um, which sports books that you can you can wager on and by the way most of these sports books have affiliate deals with us where if you sign up through us you'll get sometimes you'll get a promo promo code sometimes you'll get guaranteed no loss on your first bet there's a variety of different ones so a lot of people that i'm talking to are like yeah i've got like seven betting apps on my phone now i don't really have a lot of money in each of them but they give you all these great deals to sign up because they want your hook they, they want they want you uh with them so that's something you can definitely uh, check out as well and then wait for it there's more we have the osmo football page so the football page is covering all our season-long content which is what terry was alluding to phenomenal for starters player capsules for every player we've got rankings so what alex did is he built out each of the matchups from a dfs perspective using his model put that together as a full season wait because that's how you do projections right and then now he's ranked the players the best thing about this no influence no noise no group think no echo chamber none of this best ball twitter that convinces you every three days that you're an idiot if you're not doing zero running back or you're an idiot if you are you don't have to worry about any of that this is a mathematical based approach so I'm quite interested in looking into this. And you and I were amongst the, the many that have contributed here, writing up player capsules or other things. But there's also videos there, uh, lists that update real time with what Alex is doing. Uh, and every time he changes his model, it goes through. And then there's something called the draft wingman, which uh, is pretty slick. It helps you see uh, who the next best playable, uh, next best player is. Um, you can put your t- teams in there as you pick them, and it'll tell you where you're weak or where you're not. Uh, it's kind of an interesting thing. I haven't really gotten to dive into that yet, but it's a nice dashboard 
that can help you look at kind of one consistent thing as you're bouncing between these different sites. Because like DK, you can only draft on the phone right now. So that right. can be a little tricky if you're trying to look for a player who's there or who's not. But if you're kind of following along like I will on my computer, kind of mirroring and just clicking guys as they as they go off the draft board. Hell, I used to print out a piece of paper and that was just last year <laughs> when crossing people off. So there you go when I was doing it on draft. But just say more than just a DFS site now, and some of this stuff is phenomenal. We have been working for months and months behind the scenes to put out the perfect product when we launch it. So it is there now. The promo for that is you can get the season-long Osmo uh, football. It's $29.95. But if you also sign up with the FFPC with your same email address you used to sign up at Osmo, we'll make sure you get a $35 credit over there. So we're paying you about five bucks, almost six, I guess. If you go over there and check it out, so there we are. Not too shabby, not too All shabby. Right. That'll take care of it for the reads for today. Well, I'll I'll sneak one more in somewhere, <laughs> but let's jump into the games here. But that's some important stuff that I think a lot of people are missing, and it, it just it gobsmacked me this on Saturday when it's like, wait, we're we're how many days at? We're not even really weeks at. We're days out because there's no preseason. So you're not like, oh, it's week two, oh, it's week three, oh, it's what? It's like, oh my god, Labor Day's right around the corner, and it's right after Labor Day. Yeah, yeah, and without the preseason, we're not getting that constant news funnel of just, you know, this guy got cut, this happened in practice, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's just not on my radar, but man, is it creeping up behind us? So yeah, got to get ready. And uh, I just love putting our rankings just real quick next to the group thing from like consensus rankings from some of these other sites that aggregate everybody that Matt Berry was getting all mad at the other day. Just look at our rankings compared to those consensus rankings and look for some of the differences, and that's where we're really, really gained. So I love what we're doing with that. I'm excited about it. All right, let's jump in. Uh, DraftKings is going with the two-game four, four o'clock slate. FanDuel's going with the three-game six o'clock slate. And then everybody comes back together at seven. Most of the sites uh, are kind of skipping at least one, if not both, of the uh, Marlins. Is it Marlins-Mets? Doubleheader, yeah, the doubleheaders, the seven inning games. Yeah, so but but those are sneaking in in some of the places. Uh, we we don't we think Degrom's pitching one of the games. We don't know which. We'll have more information on the DFS strategy show, and you'll be able to look at that throughout the whole day. But we'll just give you a look at all the other pitchers that are going. So let's start off here with that first four o'clock game. I've called up a bunch of my stuff. Um, so on it it looks like. DeGrom is going to be in this first one. So DK, to make a two-game slate, they're going with that seven-inning game. They tag it up at the top and say they are, but they're eschewing the six o'clock games to make it an even better player pool. I don't know why. And then they're not going with their special turbo format where it's one pitcher, two infielders, two outfielders, two utility. It's their usual. you got to start two of the four pitchers on. So we've got DeGrom, 11,000, hands down the best option. You've got Christian Javier, who is an intriguing pitcher. However, he's going to be going against Atlanta or against um, the Angels. This is getaway day, so the day, day kind of a day game after a night game there for Houston and uh, the Angels. And then you've got Umberto Mejia, who is going to go for the Marlins. He has gone 82, 56, and 67 pitches in his starts. Degrom at the top. Who's number two? Oh, you know who I didn't mention? Jose uh, Jose Suarez. Do you know why I didn't mention him? Because he gives up a lot of home runs. Yeah, because he's not the answer to that question. Who's number two? That's for sure. <laughs> there was some yeah. crazy stat about him at Salt. I know this because it's the Salt Lake Bees that is the triple A. I'm going to go look up. There was some stat I was citing last year with regards to him. him. So yeah. So you <laughs> you take 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 it away, and I'll find some meaningless information that that really will make everyone happy. Yeah, so I mean, on him, just looking at his 2019, which is what's up on StatCast, I mean, everything is toward the bottom end of, uh, of percentile and everything. So ex-WOBA, it looks like the ninth percentile. I was under average uh, 45th percentile. He's exit below, hard hit rate, uh, is like 16th percentile in barrel. So gives up a ton of hard contact, gives up a lot of home runs. Is uh, very good K rate in the minors but only like 18.6% K rate in the, in the major league baseball. So just not a guy I'm looking to get to here. I think, I guess the answer to the uh, who's number two is probably Javier Christian Javier mm-hmm. on the other side of this one. It's a tough matchup against the angels, but uh, you know, I think he can get it done for us. 
26.3% strikeout over his first 25 innings. Uh, he was 35 to 40% strikeout, high-end strikeout kid in the minors. Uh, there was only 80 innings between Double uh, A AA and Triple A that he put some of those numbers up, though. So not even a ton of experience in in high-level uh, minor league ball. But uh, he's been doing pretty well, pitched well at home. He's been up and down a little bit on the innings. Uh, but it looks like if he's doing well, he's going to be pretty much unleashed as far as his pitch count goes, as far as his innings. I think two of his starts, he made it through six innings or into the sixth inning at least. So I think we can rely on him. And I think for lack of a better option, he's probably the SP2. It uh, seems like everybody's probably going to go that route. But I don't think the answer is uh, Umberto Mejia either. So. I think it's a, a DeGrom Javier and try and figure things out with bats. Maybe roll some guys against them, even in your stack. Probably don't do it against DeGrom, but maybe roll a bat or two against Javier. Make yourself a little bit different on a weird little two-gamer. All right. Now let's jump into the three-gamer. This is going to be the three six o'clock games. We're now we're on FanDuel, where we only have to start one pitcher. They do have an all-day slate there. You can also get in on an all-day slate at Yahoo, sponsor of the early bird podcast will throw out a couple pitchers for them on their their main slate the small slate contest or the all-day contests tend to run a little bit smaller uh, than most but you can get an advantage if people forget to go back and set their lineups i made a bunch of basketball ones yesterday and just as we were getting ready to go on air realized i made a bunch of basketball ones yesterday and i didn't go back and look at them so they're not doing well not because players didn't play but i completely forgot about them so um here we've got the phillies so we've got a Definite rain concerns here in the D.C. area. It has poured at my house three different times, and then an hour later looked like it didn't rain because it's just been so hot and humid today. So, But we are expecting rain there. So you've got Jake Arrieta and Eric Fetty in that game. Uh, the next game is Boston at, not Toronto, but Buffalo. So you've got uh, the, the Blue Jays hosting uh, the Red Sox, and you've got Kyle Hart going in that one talk about him and then we've got Tommy Milone going against Tyler Glass now this is probably where we're going to get our pitchers this one is in Tropicana Park uh, or pardon me Tropicana Field um, where we do have safety in the roof what do you want to do here take your first crack yeah so I mean I think you got to the uh, to the end the right way there is that uh, we're probably going to find our pitcher in that uh, in that Rays game uh, it's a fan duel slate that we're talking about right so we Correct. don't really have to worry Just about need one, one. Yeah, so I think Glasnow is our answer there. Uh, by far, just on name recognition alone, you know, Arietta's on uh, the back end of his career, so not really uh, who Jake Arietta once was. Uh, so on name recognition alone, I think we're talking Glasnow here. 60 innings in uh, 2019, his uh, walk rate was just 6.1%, down from a career 11.5. It's back up a little bit so far in his limited 21 innings this year, but that was an encouraging sign before he uh, you know, went out uh, the rest of last year. Career 27% strikeout rate. Dynamite pitcher. We know uh, we know we're getting a high quality here. Uh, high twenties, uh, low thirties K. Uh, you know, for for most of his uh, career and uh, including in the minors, fifty percent whiff on most of his breaking stuff. Uh, last time he threw a slider was in 20, 2018. Used to be kind of a big pitch for him, but he's gotten rid of it completely. But still getting by, allowing a little bit too much quality contact right now. Uh, looks like ten percent exit below twenty fourth percentile and hard hit rate but just does a tremendous job with the fastball, uh, both from below and uh, fastball spin, very heavy spin rate on the fastball, sets up his breaking stuff. So I think that's our option, dynamite pitcher. Um, I, I think if we're looking to other options on that slate, it's probably Arietta up at the top here. Uh, I, I'm not a fan of Fede. Kyle Hart doesn't do much for me. Chase Anderson, not really. So I think really we've got basically two options there. Uh, and the second one is Jake Arietta, which is – kind of frightening in and of itself you know there's quality in that Nats lineup so I don't love it I think I would have an overwhelming amount of glass now on this slate if I was playing all right I couldn't figure out what I was referencing from last year with Jose Suarez because I couldn't remember if it was something good or something bad uh he, he had high strikeouts but they brought up two different pitchers from Salt Lake and a catcher so I may have been just <laughs> Pointing well, that out awful. last year. Yeah, it was just like, really? But somehow I know it's the Salt Lake Bees. So. Three, three guys named Jose Suarez, put them all together, still don't play. Them. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, 
Guys to target against, Chase Anderson, don't forget, does exhibit some reverse splits, allowing a two home run per nine uh, across his last 671 righty-righty matchups. Uh, lefties can still get to him, 1.2. He's been very lucky against lefties. He gets um, still has a 45% fly ball rate against them. Five XFIP since the beginning of 2018, just a 3 2 one ERA, so been lucky on that one. Strikeout rate, walk rate, everything else is mediocre. So he does allow a fair number of base runners, tries to get out of it, not by ground balls, but by fly balls that don't fly that far. Yikes. Not really something I want to deal with. Anything yeah. else you want to highlight from this uh, little grouping of pitchers? Just another potential target. I think you can target Fede with some of the bats on the other side. Uh, he's uh career one four five home runs per nine one six six to right-handed hitters so again another guy uh it's a he's a right-hander right yeah yeah, well, is. yeah 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 so another guy giving up same-handed home runs so uh people might not notice it might skip over it uh, so get to some of those righty phillies bats and then uh, you know obvious uh the obvious big poppers on the left side over there so i like that as a stack option on this one slate all right the main slate now main slate will be starting at Drum roll, please. Seven, <laughs> seven, seven, ten again. Seven, ten. Oh, interesting. Let's double okay. check that. Yeah, seven, ten. Back, yeah, but hey, I needed them tonight. There was a, a little late scratch there on a, a James Van Reamer, Van Rhymstorp, Van something or a JVR. So fortunately, our hockey Slack channel hit an all all channel alert. I got him out of my lineups in time. There's only two games tonight, and he was one. I'm like, what are the odds that he ended up being in my lineup? It's like, ooh, pretty good because there was only two games. So I uh, had to make ben a little. Dyke, I believe. Yeah, I had to make a few changes there. He was very cheap, very hard to find somebody else that I knew was going to play uh, anything of consequence for yeah. his price, same price level. But I found a couple people. I'm going to roll the dice with, or I am because that game's already locked. Um, let's see here. Let's start off here with Minnesota. So that's about all I want to say about Minnesota. Now let's talk about Shane Bieber. So Bieber has been phenomenal this year. These, these Cleveland pitchers and former Cleveland pitchers have just been outstanding. I'm referencing Bauer, uh, but, but you've got the Biebs. Carlos Carrasco was until he wasn't. Um, it's just, it's been good. So Bieber, 99, 98, 101, 106, 102, and 97 pitches. So we're getting mid-season form Bieber. Yes, he is 10,800. Yes, he is going against the Twins. But he is, I, I want to say, next to Cole, Giolito, Castillo, and Urias. We've got some choices up at the top, but they're all separated by just 1,300 on DK. They're uh, ranging from 10.8 for Bieber down to 9.5 for Urias. Urias, I'm comfortable with going to Bieber, um, even against Minnesota. I think they strike out just enough. Plus, they're now missing Garver, and they, uh, who's on the DL, and Buxton. So, no, granted, Buxton strikes out a ton, but that's just one less quality bat in the lineup. Yeah, and look, I mean, we're talking about Bieber here who doesn't even need to pick up that advantage. That's just a little bit of gravy on the top is that he's getting a couple worse hitters uh, than normal in the back end of this lineup. I love the spot for Bieber. I'm not afraid of rostering him at all. 12K on FanDuel, bigger price tag, but I'm happy to pay it. Similar kind of a situation uh, to uh, Bauer today. I think it's exact same price uh, and price down on uh, DraftKings. I think even at that high price on DK, that's a little bit of an under under uh, price on him still like with, with the quality that we've seen from him. So I like him to put up a huge start here. Uh, there's some guys in that Twins lineup that can limit the Ks on you. Um, but I think he gets through it. And I think, you know, taking some of those guys out uh, is going to give him some advantage overall, 20.29.6% strikeout for his career, just 4.6 walks, uh, one, one, one career whip. So it doesn't put a lot of guys on base. He was a one Oh five last year, just really limits the opportunities. So even when somebody does hit one out, it's not going to come as a big home run with a bunch of guys on base. Uh, very good mix. He brought his slider down from 26% uh, usage in 2019 to just 14% this year. Some of it went to a curve, uh, but now he's throwing 21% of the time a cutter that he hadn't thrown before. And it's been a great pitch for him. He's 40% whiff on it. Uh, so excellent, excellent whiff on all his breaking stuff. Just really, really like the starter here. Uh, happy to pay the price for him. All right. Oh, that's got my filters all mucked up. I'm like, 
why am I, are none of the Indians coming up as I'm trying to filter on them? Because I was saying everybody with 100 plate appearances this season against Fridays. Hey, even though we're, quote, halfway through the season, nobody had 100 <laughs> plate appearances yet against Fridays. <laughs> so let's uh, expand that uh, date filter out to 2018 like I normally have it because we're going to talk about Rich Hill here. So Rich Hill already been on the DL once, uh, came back, Twins said, hey, let's have him start uh, his normal. Uh, his, hopefully he, he throws a bunch of pitches for us. I think we said, what is he? I was going to say 80. What is he, 40 now? Uh, he, he managed to go 53 pitches, gave up a home run, three walks, one strikeout, lasted two and two-thirds innings, a negative score on DraftKings. No favors here coming from the Cleveland lineup. They, of course, are going to be let off by, by the four uh, switch hitters that they have, but they, they do possess some power against lefties. Uh, Ramirez, Santana, um, uh, Lindor are all above 100 or 220 ISO since the beginning of 2018. And then you've got Fran Mel Reyes, who just has absolute light tower power, 250 ISO against lefties. I'm going to that side. I just wanted to call that out because the Twins will be on the short list, or probably the Cleveland will be on the short list for stacks. Definitely. Definitely like that spot quite a bit. Uh, Hill is down to a two pitch mix. Uh, he throws an 88 mile an hour fastball and a curveball. Um, so he really just doesn't have much left uh, over his career. He has been a 25.4% strikeout guy, nine and a half walks so far this year. He's down at like 9% strikeouts. He's just not sitting anybody down, still walking like 12 and a half. Uh, it, again, it's a very small sample over seven innings to, to start, but that's what we've got to work with right now. Uh, it, it's just not a guy who's generating any swing and miss with that limited arsenal, no velocity in there. Uh, gives up a bit of power to righty hitters, so yeah, I think we can definitely get into these Indians. Uh, we saw uh, Cesar Hernandez uh, actually had a home run today uh, in early action. Uh, one thing I saw before we jumped on here, but uh, everybody knows that we like that Indian stack, so apologies to uh, the audience for whichever one of us ends up writing about them later <laughs> tonight, but they're probably going to be in one of our stacks articles because that's a smash spot for sure. All right, next one we've got here, Tyler Chatwood coming off the injured list. He has not pitched uh, in about three weeks. Uh, he's 9,100. There's no reason to look to him on DK. They don't, they're not even sure how many pitches he's going to go to. On the other side, you have Spencer Turnbull, Spencer Turnbull, who has not allowed a home run yet this season, but but uh, disappointed everyone against the White Sox. Just managed to go 60 pitches after going 97, 92, 87, and 87 in his first uh, four starts prior to that. I'm okay uh, considering Turnbull, we're without Chris Bryant, but he's at 8,700. You know, it's DK. I'm going to have to play two guys. This is one that the optimizer would pick because I certainly wouldn't be clicking on his name. Yeah, and I think that's about right for him. Uh, he's not a pitcher that I ever really like to go to. Uh, 7,200 is a more reasonable price tag on FanDuel for sure. But I just think we can do better. Uh, even without Chris Bryant, I like the Cubs lineup. Uh, they've got a number of quality hitters in here. Um, so I think they've got enough to throw at a pitcher like this that I'm not really going to sweat him very much. Uh, so I don't think we need to do it. I think that's probably an overprice on DK. So I think you can just look around and find better options uh, sitting on the floor over there. Uh, for his career, 21.9% strikeout, 9.4% uh, walk. Does do a decent job limiting home runs, 0.71 uh, home run per nine. Throws a good amount of sinkers, 24-25% uh, sinker mix. Uh, limits power, gets grounders, like I said, 52% ground ball this year. So he's keeping the ball on the ground, keeping it in the park, uh, which could take a little bit away from the stack. So maybe it's a spot where we don't want to lean too heavy into the Cubs stack, but we don't want the pitcher either. Uh, that could make some sense. So see where they rank out in the stacks tool. I do get a decent projection on the Cubs here. So my model might have a little bit uh, lack of respect for Turnbull, but uh, that jibes with how I think of them. So that works. All right. Uh, next one, one a pitcher for your team, the Yankees here. Yeah, you want to talk a little bit about Garrett Cole. Difficult matchup against Atlanta. No. Oh, shoot. One of the guys is back. Is it Albies or is it? Uh, um, bu -bu 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 -bu. Oh, I guess they're not back. I know they're close not to back. returning, so they're not in the projected lineups yet, but but uh, they're close to coming back. In the meantime, uh, this is still a decent lineup, uh, but it goes off the shelf. <clears throat> shelf rapidly so how do you feel about cole at ten thousand six hundred? i mean it's garrett cole so i am fine with that i'm fine with him at 10, uh, eleven thousand on FanDuel. i'll roll him out against anybody uh there are a decent amount of strikeouts in this braves lineup 
if those two hitters aren't back, it's another little tick in his favor that he didn't necessarily need. But uh, it's definitely a different lineup without Acuna and Albies in it. Uh, so, yeah, as a righty going up against this team, too, a lot of their quality bats that are remaining in the lineup hit from the right side. So I think we could see a very, very good start here from Cole, uh, just dominating that same hand matchup. Uh, just thinking through the lineup, I'm not even sure. Uh, we've got Freddie Freeman on the left side of the plate, but Swanson's a righty. Uh, Darno, Ozuna, Duvall, right, Riley, all those big bats are right-handed. So. Oh, come on, um, Matt. Fat Matt Adams. Fat Adams. That's, the, leave that's out of there? the lefty. I knew there was another one I was trying to pull. <laughs> So we've got a duck, you know, we've got a duck fat Matt and uh, his big bat, but uh, him and Freddie are really the only two big threats in there. So maybe you see one of those games where Cole gives up that solo shot to Freddie Freeman, but not much we're going to worry about here. I expect him to rack up the strikeouts. Good, good projection on him. So like the price, well, I could do with a better price, but I'll pay the price on both sides. Yeah, for for Atlanta, we don't know who it's going to be. They're going to either call up somebody from their alternate training site. Uh, Ian Anderson's been talked about, but this would be his debut. I don't know if they really want any of these anybody to debut against the Yankees. We'll see. Uh, it is in Atlanta, but um, in any event, we don't. We're just guessing at this point. But we do know that Kyle Gibson and Sean Mania are going in our next one. We're now on to the eight o'clock games here. Sean Mania seventy five hundred. That's uh, about a ten percent discount from where he's been uh, for his last few starts. Almost a twenty percent discount from where he opened the season. He's earned that discount. Uh, coming back from injury, strikeouts really haven't been there i say that hesitantly because it's still about uh one per inning but he's gone 74 78 71 74 69 and 55 pitches reverse chronological order i would say 75 feels pretty good it is against texas the roof likely will be closed in texas we know that that either seems to be a a ballpark ballpark uh, for pitchers now or the texas side is very very bad so i'm now going to tentatively recommend recommend Manaya, and then i'm solid with kyle gibson tough matchup for him against oakland this will be the second time he's seen them but he held them in check um on the fifth allowed two home runs just three total runs but he's seven thousand so i like i like the pricing on here and if we're already spending one on cole or one on on bieber or we'll talk about urias we gotta you know take the good with the bad here and these are the mediocre i guess yeah, this is these guys are firmly in the mid range for me. Uh, I like you know working with those prices. Like you said, we we know one of those spots in most of our lineups on DK is going to be a payup for the pitcher, so we have to find at worst a mid tier type guy. So I think both of these guys are in play for that. Uh, Manaya uh, projects a little bit better for the money for me on Fanduel. He's only sixty six hundred, so I think you can get away with that. Again, I don't know that you need the savings on Fanduel these days. But if you want to just load up a lineup with a ton of expensive bats and uh, you know maybe play a four stack and then uh, four random bats, high priced you know homer happy type bats, you can do that with Manaya over there tomorrow. So diminished Rangers lineup. Don't think they're just very good at all as a team. Uh, I assume I assume Gallo is going to be back in the lineup. I didn't see why he didn't play today. Uh, but if he's not, then it's a huge huge target for me uh, to roll Manaya out there. Gallo plays well lefty lefty. It's for a ton of power lefty lefty. Uh, but if he's going up against the lineup, I mean, we're talking today's lineup was Leody Tavares, Nick Solak, Danny Santana, Todd Frazier, and then the names get worse. So, I mean, what are we really talking about with this team? So I don't mind rolling Manaya out there. Uh, the strikeouts, like you said, they're they're actually somewhat around his career. Uh, they're right around 20. So, I mean, it's not it's not a good strikeout number, but it's not too diminished for him. 4.6% walk is all right, eliminating the opportunity there. Uh, gives up some power uh, and hard hit rate so far this year. Uh, bottom 24th in exit velocity, bottom 28th in uh, hard hit rate. So we want to avoid some of those bats. Uh, he's throwing a five pitch mix now with very, very limited amount of cutters, but he's throwing a new curveball. Uh, 37% whiff on 60 of those curveballs so far this year. Uh, so, you know, he's, he's doing all right. He's, he's serviceable for the money. I think we can work him in. Gibson, I like the spot, uh, pitcher that I do like to get to. Tougher matchup, I think, with the uh, with the A's, even though it is righty-righty. Uh, we mention Olsen in there all the time as the big lefty bat to avoid. But there is a lot of quality, uh, even in the same-handed matchup. A lot of strikeouts as well. Uh, so, you know, Gibson could definitely give us what we need from him here. He's a good pitcher. Um, so I don't mind paying the price for him. And I'm just trying to click over to my other page here. So uh, if we look, you know, he's uh, only 24th percentile in XWOBA this year. The hard hit and uh, exit velo or exit velo are okay. Uh, 18.8% strikeouts, uh, 1.0 uh, 
excuse me, uh, strikeouts went up to 21.7 in 2018, 22.7 in 2019, but they're back down to his career norm so far this year. Uh, throws a sinker 33% of the time, decent as shit, limiting home runs. So I think he's in play for us here at that mid-tier. All right, Gallo should be back in the lineup basically at night to clear his head off. In his last eight games, he has a double, a few singles, and is striking out over half the time. That explains it. Yeah. He, on the season, is striking out 44% of the time. <laughs> 40 strikeouts and 90 at-bats. Wow. <laughs> Yikes. He's down to two true outcomes. All right, let's see. We have uh, Lucas Giolito on the next one. All right, I got to apologize to everybody. I did not think Stephen Brault was going to go 80 pitches. I thought he was going to go about 55 or 60 uh, in his last game. He was adequate. It was against Cleveland. I don't have a problem taking Cleveland, but he held them, held them uh, scoreless for five innings. That's not a usual outcome. Uh, he doesn't get strikeouts, which is the problem. So he relies a ton on getting lucky with ground balls. So he's 5,900. Again, we've already mentioned expensive pitching. I don't mind him going against, uh, uh, oh, it's the White Sox. Yeah. I actually do mind him going against the White Sox. Sorry, I had the, I had Pittsburgh in my head, uh, but he plays for Pittsburgh. So I could pitch against the Pirates. I, I'd be yeah, right. <laughs> tough ass there going against the White Sox and uh, Jose, Mr. Home Run, Abreu. Um, 5,900. He's going to be a 5% guy. I need him to get through the lineup once, not give up a gopher ball, not give up a gopher ball with somebody on board, <laughs> and yeah, we're yeah, good. Definitely, definitely. Uh, Lucas Giolito, though, he gets to pitch against the Pirates. Coming off a game with 13 strikeouts, that was against Detroit. Talk about Lucas Giolito. Yeah, I like the spot. I think the kids, you know, I think everything we're seeing is very real from last year and from this year. He was a super high-end prospect coming in, so it's not like a kid who – shot up out of nowhere last year and, you know, put up this big monster year that nobody was expecting. So this is a kid that we were expecting to be this good. And he's finally delivered. Uh, I was looking in uh, what he might've changed going into last year. And really the big thing that I noticed is his four seamer coming into last year. He used to throw it around the 2100 RPM uh, spin rate. And he got that up. He added like 230 RPM to that last year. Uh, so it got up to 2330 RPM average on his four seamer, which just, changed the pitch it made it uh it took him to a dramatic uptick in whiffs uh so he's getting uh it was 14 percent whiff now it was 26 percent uh, last year 31 percent whiff on it this year and it just if they're expecting that big heavy hard rising fastball it sets up all his nasty breaking stuff so so well so it just lifts the tide of all his other uh, all his other pitches so it really made a change in his arsenal and made him the dynamic pitcher we were expecting love the spot terrible pirates lineup get around, you know, Josh Bell, a Colin Moran, maybe a Brian Reynolds, Kevin Newman. I mean, I'm not sweating any of those guys, really. Bell's the best hitter in that lineup by far. Get around him, and there's not much to worry about. I've got a big, big projection on Giolito tomorrow. I'm going to be all over the spot. Yeah, and that's what makes it nice that we have quite a few aces. It, it perhaps will uh, diffuse some of the ownership across uh, or their popularity uh, across uh, the different pitchers, which helps those of us that make a lot of lineups. It also helps you if you don't make a ton of lineups, but you get it right uh, when it's a situation like that. So it's right. it's a little more fun where we're not all pushing our chips in the middle of the table for the same three or four pitchers like we did on Monday night. Um, next game, we've got some, you know, Brandon Woodruff, not the worst person uh, to go for. This will be the second time he's, he's uh, facing uh, um, Cincinnati here. He has, let me see, a 33 strikeouts in 30 and two-thirds innings. He's gone 89, 86, 91, 95, 92, and 85 pitches, so he's mostly stretched out. I'm okay paying what seems like a little bit of a premium there for him on DraftKings. I'd love him more at 7,500. He's 82. I'll take that. And then on the other side, you got Luis Castillo. Um, this will be the first time he is going against Miliwake. He has gone 89, 96, 105, 92, and 91 pitches. We know he has the strikeout upside. Uh, sometimes lefties can get to him. But the strikeouts are very tantalizing. He has 36 in his 26 innings. Damn, that's an amazing rate. Uh, anything else you want to add on those two? I, I think the price on Woodruff on FanDuel is pretty interesting. It's uh, just 7,800. I get a good projection on him. Uh, this Reds lineup is one that I do like, but uh, I like that price and the projection that I'm getting here. So I think I can get some Woodruff in my life tomorrow. Won't be my highest owned pitcher by any means. Uh, but you know, like you mentioned, decent stuff. 26.1% uh, strikeout rate for his career, 0.91 home run per nine. 
336 XFIP in 2019 in his 120 uh, innings as a starter. So worked really well when he was starting, uh, 29% strikeout rate and 6% walk rate. Uh, this year he's throwing uh, fewer sliders, more changeups, not by a huge margin, but uh, you know a little bit more. Uh, getting 34% whiff on the change, so it's been a very good pitch for him. Uh, he's trending to the uh, far right side of all the different meters and stack casts. So I like the look of him. I, I think it's a good spot. I think even against the lineup that I do like to get to, he could put up a pretty good uh, good start for that money. So on both sides, I, I like getting to him here. Uh, Castillo, you mentioned everything about him. I think he's a dynamite pitcher. I uh, really like the spot against the Brewers. They're not, uh, as Lofi and I were talking about this afternoon, they're not necessarily the same Brewers that uh, had some of those big threats from the past few years. Uh, we do still have a Yelich in there to worry about. We do still have a Kisten Hira. Uh, Justin Smoke can get into one every now and then. But it's a diminished lineup, and there yeah. are strikeouts available in here. So I think we can definitely get to Castillo. And as compared to the other aces, he's right on a tier with those other guys we've talked about, the Giolitos, the Coles of the world. And he only costs 9100 on FanDuel. I think that's going to draw some popularity to him. But if it doesn't, that's a price I'm going to be all over on FanDuel tomorrow. So definitely a guy I want to check out in the uh, top starters tool. All right. Uh, we, in our next matchup, have Adam Wainwright at 8400 and Matt Harvey at 5300 No, it is not 2013, 15, set, or even 17. Uh, really not excited for either of these guys. Wainwright just keeps being a bulldog. He is like, I don't know, this generation's version of Oral Hershiser. I'm sure you guys have no idea who it's Oral Hershiser is. It is a good con. I, like I don't know how many people know. I don't know how many people know who Oral Hershiser is, other than he's a commentator from time to time on different <laughs> right. events. Um, but but man, we have written this guy off so many times, yet here he is once again surviving. He gets a matchup against Kansas City. He's 8,400. People are not really going to go to him. This does not make me like Kansas City. The 8,400 does not make me happy. He's just kind of a differentiation play. Matt Harvey at 5,300. That's my endorsement for him. He's 5,300. Give up two home runs in his first appearance. Uh, went 54 pitches. Basically, forget the name Matt Harvey. You're getting an opener that's going to go about 60 to 65 pitches who's not quality at all. And then you're like, yeah, it's a 5 or 10% guy. He's 5,300. Yeah, and I think that's about what I would do with him on DK. Maybe leave it at 10, see if you can get pick something off that not a lot of people are going to be rostering. I don't know that I want to get to 10, but if you're crunching, maybe leave it at 10 yeah. and then like play 7, you know, something like that. He, you know, I don't hate Matt Harvey. I wish him well. Uh, I'm not a uh, Mets hater by any means, but we saw him wash out of New York after a while. That season where he got traded to the Reds, I was looking at it, and it was a little bit underrated. It's not actually awful. Uh, he was 4-2-1 XFIP with a 4-9-4 ERA, so the XFIP was significantly better than the ERA we saw. Still striking out 19.8% of hitters that year, 5.6% walk. 1-9-4 home run per nine to lefties killed him over his 155 innings. Uh, so I think he got a little bit of a reputation ding from that. But then we saw him go to California, did not pitch that well yeah. out there. Uh, he tried to go to, uh, during the pandemic, he uh, had his agent reaching out to the KBO and to the Japanese league, and he stayed on this continent. And didn't, uh, nobody wanted his services. So that was about the level of uh, expectation everybody was expecting from the Dark Knight returning here. But I think we can get away with a little bit. Minimal, minimal shares. Not a ton to fear in that card's lineup, but you're worried about the pitch count and you're worried about the quality. So minimal shares. Yeah, Wayno, same kind of story, uh, but he's too expensive to do that with anything with really for my money on FanDuel at 8200. I, I think there's just better options there. The uh, Harvey, if I remember correctly, he was relatively cheap, ended up with a few good matchups, and he was pitching angry, and he was he was throwing as much heat as he could, uh, which we always say it's hard to do narratives in baseball. But he was pitching angry, yeah, <laughs> and it's, yeah. it worked for a little, uh, for a moment, a brief moment. But then you know you get go against the DH, and that kind of uh, falls uh, falls off dramatically. Uh, our yeah, next definitely. one here is kind of interesting for the matchup. So we have Chris Paddock. Yeah, this game is in San Diego. He's seventy eight hundred going against the Mariners. We got uh, ninety three fifty two pitches. That was against the Dodgers. They just they knocked him around six runs, three home runs. Um, it was just a mess of a game, but it was the Dodgers. Uh, 95 pitches, 88, 89, 81. So he's perfectly priced. Nice matchup with the Mariners. Can never tell if they're going to be good 
or bad. Uh, they do the exact opposite of what would be expected. They're pesky at the moment. But you never know where the production's coming from. Um, I saw White had like two home runs the other night or something like that. It, sometimes it's the top of the Same order. Forever. But it's like J.P. Crawford. Like, I'm a Mariners fan, and I would be hard-pressed to name their starting lineup at this point. I know I know Aaron, or Austin Nola. I keep calling him Aaron. It's his older brother. Uh, Austin <laughs> Nola debuted last year as, what, like a 28- or 29-year-old rookie right. for the Mariners. And now he's forced to play a bunch. They traded Matt Vogelbach, or uh, uh, Dan Vogelbach? whatever i've already forgotten his name and i loved him so much he was an all-star last year and since the all-star break has hit 152 uh (laughs) it's not good so he was i think uh toronto signed him for a bag of baseballs uh that the mariners basically designated him from assignment so the mariners i don't know what they've got they've got a couple young guys that aren't super prospects they're okay they're good it's like they're like baltimore they've got some young guys with talent They'll probably end up having a nice career somewhere else, but they're not front front name or household name frontline prospects. But they're not bad players. They're just like the guys that were drafted in the in the mid teens rounds, and they've come up through the minors. And and there you go. That's that's you know when the Yankees get them, you know they 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 turn into corner outfielders or corner infielders, and they're there forever. So I'm just saying, I really like Paddock. It's just hard to trust the Mariners to be good or bad. Marco Gonzalez on the other side, I think he's an okay pitcher. Problem is he's now pitching in Slam Diego. Yeah, I went there. They've hit, what, six in the last two weeks? Four four straight, some insane thing like that. Look, there are teams of destiny, and then then there's 2020. So Gonzalez has an above-average home run rate, meaning he allows them equally to lefty and righties. It's not horrible, but this this matchup terrifies me because – it's like their entire team is locked in right now. Yeah, just the way that they've been rolling. And, I mean, you take a Tommy Pham out of this lineup, he's probably done for the season with a broken hamate, and they didn't even blink. I mean, they just kept on rolling. So they're just – Trent Grisham, you're next. Yeah, that's it. Come on in, man. So, yeah, I, I like that Padres lineup a lot. They're just doing really special things. They've even got some you know semi-anonymous guys in that lineup, but they just keep on uh, keep on keeping on. So – yeah, I, I'm worried about the spot for Marco. Not a pitcher who I really totally trust anyway. He's earned a little bit of it this year. Uh, he, he's gradually scraping some trust from me. Um, strikeouts jumped up to 22% so far this year. Low whiff rate, though. Uh, only 20, you know, in the low 20s on the, his cutter and his change. Throwing 15% of the change up now. It used to be in the 25-ish range. Sinking fastball. So he's got some contact-based stuff. Um, I think the strikeouts are going to come down, normalize back down to like his 18, 19 range, uh, given a little bit more time here. He's done a good job limiting the walks, only 2.6% walks so far this year, um, which is down uh, basically two thirds from where he normally is. So if he can keep guys off base, manage to not give up a home run, that's a good recipe for not allowing a grand slam. Um, And that's, you know, we might get a decent start out of him but I just don't get a good projection from him here. My projection, my model hasn't caught up to his recent performance. And I don't think, I think that's accurate. I don't think this is the spot for him. Paddock on the other side, I'll absolutely roll out against this anonymous Mariners lineup. Uh, 8,900 on FanDuel. I get a very strong projection for him. Really, really like the kid, really like the spot. Uh, So there's not much to worry about. Like you said, they're unpredictable. They've had some weird upstart games uh, against our good pitchers so far this year. And it seems like they've gotten to some good pitchers and then gotten beat up by bad pitchers. So could be one of those weird ones. But Paddock, 25.9% strikeout, only 5.3% walk over his first 172 innings in the show. Uh, good bounce back start his last time around, so he should be fine. Uh, I saw a note in, uh, I think it was MLB.com, last start he was on only four days rest. Uh, caused a little blip, but this time he's fully rested five days. So nothing to be concerned about and getting him at kind of a discount to the rest of the top tier uh, on FanDuel. So. Like the pitcher, like the spot for him against the Mariners. All right. Uh, yeah, the Mariners, I mean, Kyle Seeger feels like he's been there forever. He's only 32. I mentioned Austin Ola, Evan White. Uh, those guys are kind of, yeah. J.P. Crawford, I think, is okay. He's he's leadoff. Yeah. I think he's got some potential. He's got a pretty decent glove. Uh, but then Sam Haggerty, who? Jake Fraley, who? Tim Lopes, I now know it's Lopes, not Lopez, because I was watching the Mariners game this weekend. <laughs> and then Shed Long, who I liked 
But Chad Long is batting ninth amongst this collection of no-names, and they haven't even given the, well, it's like having two leadoff hitters when he comes around. They don't even sell him like that. They're just like, yeah, Chad Long, you had your moment. There you go. Uh, decent, yeah. decent glove guy, but no bat. But yeah, um, but that's about it. I'm pretty sure three of that are those four out of those four names you just read off are like Irish poets or something. I don't think those are actual Seattle Mariners. But, uh, yes. Yeah, oh, the one it, kid who maybe would be a household name in there is Kyle Lewis coming up through the system. Yes. He just blew out his knee yeah. twice in the minors and just never saw the uh, opportunity in the minors. But he's, he's been doing well since coming up. So maybe a future household name, somebody to build around for the Absolutely. All right, two more games to go here, and we've got some pitching. The roof will be open in Arizona. Uh, a couple sites have their pitching listed, a couple don't, so I don't know what, what's going on there. But it looks like it's Herman Marquez and Alex Young. Uh, Alex Young uh, likes to give up home runs. Terry can talk about that. Herman Marquez is 8,000, pitches much better away from Coors Field. He's not horrible at Coors Field. Uh, it's been dramatic this year. Again, the roof will be open uh, in Arizona. So remember, the roof closed and the humidor um, tend to make that more of a pitcher's park. And we saw that over the course of last season. Once everything normalized, uh, it became actually pitching favorable. Um, but now it'll be more towards pitching neutral. They still have the balls in the humidifier, but with the roof open, um, it makes it a little bit uh, tricky. So uh, what do you like from that one? Yeah, so you mentioned Young with the home run ball, and uh, that's a that's a good place to start. Uh, let's see, for his career, uh, over his first 103 innings pitched, uh, he's allowed a 191 home run per nine to right-handed hitters, uh, 176 overall. So I think that's a guy that we can probably target with some of these Rockies bats. Uh, we know that they've got a lot of good right-handed bats in that lineup. Uh, so you know your Trevor Stories, your Nolan Arenados, uh, and Matt Kemp uh, have a decent amount of, of uh, power that they pack in there. Uh, Kemp has been going low owned kind of deservedly. So I uh, was out to a slow start He's kind of pulled it around. Uh, now that I'm looking, uh, he's up to 250, 354 on base and uh, slugging 393 WRC plus still 11% below average. So he could be sneaky if people haven't caught up to, uh, to him yet. Uh, Ryan McMahon uh, is a uh, reverse splits hitter. Uh, he gets good amount of pop against lefties. So I wouldn't shy away from him in a lefty lefty either. Uh, Danny Murphy, professional hitter, so I think you could play him lefty-lefty here as well. Charlie Blackman is a star against anybody if he's in the lineup, so I I'm not sure why he scratched tonight. Um, so I think we can definitely roll some Rocky stacks against Alex Young. He looks like a target to me for sure. Uh, killer home run marks on the, on the Rockies. I think my home run pick might come from this team tomorrow. Just uh, taking a quick first look here. I uh, like the pricing a lot too on, uh, on FanDuel. I think you can get to some of those stacks pretty cheap, some of those guys I named. So I think we can lean into that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, Marquis, for some reason, not popping up a projection for him right now. Something uh, is broken in my model from uh, hurrying to put this together. But uh, we do know that he's a, uh, a very, very good pitcher uh, at cores, away from cores. Uh, he, he does pretty well. Um, for his career, we're at 24-2 uh, strikeout rate, uh, 3-6-1 ERA overall on the road to his 5-1-4 uh, ERA at cores. Uh, he's getting 43% whiff on his slider, 30-ish on his curveball. Uh, pounds in a heavy 96-mile-an-hour sinker that he uh, works those two breaking balls off of. So just a very quality pitcher and not a crazy uh, price tag on FanDuel, only 8700 I would keep an eye on him where he ranks out in the top stacks tool tomorrow. As good as he is, we know there's a good amount of quality in that Diamondbacks lineup too, and I do seem to be getting pretty decent hitter projections. Not getting crazy home run numbers on them, but good overall uh, fantasy point totals. So. It's an interesting looking spot. I'm going to dig into that one a little bit more in the, uh, in the afternoon. We'll see what Alex thinks. All right. Final game of the night. We've got the Dodgers in San Francisco. It's going to be 60 at first pitch. We'll see if the baseballs are juiced. I'm not going to worry about it. Well, I don't really like Johnny Cueto, but he is 6,100. Tough ask against the Dodgers. On the other side, you have Julio Urias, who is 9,500. I think this is a good spot for him. And then, happy birthday, Mike Yastrzemski. He got a home run when he turned 30 on Sunday. <laughs> take, oops, take it away. Uh, if only we could roster his grandpa. So, yeah, look, we've seen uh, a lot of offense uh, out there the, in Oracle this year. And, uh, 
temperatures going down, maybe that'll even increase the offense with the way that park's working this year. Who the hell knows? But uh, I like the spot for Urias. I think uh, you know, only 7,500 on FanDuel. I think that's a very good price, probably an underprice against this team. So I think we can definitely roll him out over there. Uh, keep an eye on what his popularity looks like. I think that price might drive his popularity up on the one pitcher site. So I'd be a little concerned there. I don't want to get to too much of him if he's wildly popular. Not that I'm afraid of the Giants. Not that I'm afraid of the park. But you never know. Uh, you know, Dave Robertson, a, uh, you know, a pitcher, a young pitcher. You never know what the innings with the leash is really going to look like. So that said, uh, over his uh, first 207 innings, nice 23 and a half percent strikeout rate. Walks a few too many guys, but only 0.65 home runs per nine. So keeps the ball in the yard. Uh, 31% whiff on his change, 28 on his curve. Uh, the note I made about the last outing, uh, I think it was against the Mariners, a little bit ugly, but he struck out all five hitters that he managed to get out, which was the blurb on major on MLB.com. So that's a neat little thing, but uh, I think we get a much, much better start from him this time around than that. Not worried about rostering him here. Johnny Cueto on the other side of this. I think we can roll with some of these Dodgers bats against that kind of a target in uh, the new course field here. So I would be loading up some Dodgers bats against Johnny. Uh, not much left in the tank uh, for this pitcher. He's, Done okay. Uh, maybe defied expectation for us a little bit so far this year. K's are actually up a little bit, but still just 21%. Highest since 2017, but very small sample size. Uh, I mentioned last time out, he almost entirely eliminated a slider that was a key pitch for him over the last few years or for most of his career. Uh, so it's just not his repertoire anymore. Uh, he's relying a lot to get some swing and miss on his, uh, his changeup. So just a guy who's cashing a paycheck at this point in his career, somebody I think we can roll some of those big Dodger bats against. We all know who they are, the big lefties, throw the righties in there too and uh, make a bunch of different versions of that Dodger stack. All right, that's going to wrap it up. I did want to give a, a, a Oracle Park update. This weekend, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, they averaged seven runs per game. Through their first 12 okay. there, they averaged 12.8. So, again, I've been having fun with this, but it looks like you really can't... I never said it was a hitter's park. I just was worried about jamming the pitchers. But it's going to be cooler. I'm still convinced they've done something to the ball there. But um, this is this is definitely a Dodgers matchup. Yeah, I think so. And I'm with you on that. Uh, the balls are juiced. I'm going to be writing a little thing on side action over the next couple of days for that. Uh, taking a look at some of the home run numbers and see if we can't figure out whether the balls are juiced. So. Excellent. Yeah, well, I just saw a headline. Mike Yastrzemski's case for MVP, his first 30, <laughs> first 30 games at age 30. It was just like, really? Are we really going to do this? And I'm a fan of his. He he rarely lets me down. But there's a reason he didn't. The grandson of Carl Yastrzemski. There's a reason he did not make his debut in the majors until he was 29. He hung around the minors forever on his name. This is like a reverse Mike Piazza story, but <laughs> nonetheless, he has earned his spot. Just know that we're seeing the, the upside. It's only downhill from here. But yeah. with that, gamers, good luck.